program created by the Rio Grande Oil Company. What's in the police calling all cars, engine all cars, broadcast 116. Be on the lookout for two Negroes. Number one described is about six feet, weight 180 pounds, age 27. Number two, thin, five feet, eight inches, weight 120. These men just held up and killed a streetcar conductor. That's all. Rolls and quits. Some of our listeners think we are too enthusiastic when we say that Rio Grande Cracked Gasoline has superiority over all other brands. You've heard us make strong claims for our exclusive patented cracking software, and perhaps you've discounted these claims as mere advertising talk. We haven't given you technical reasons in these radio talks for Rio Grande superiority, but now we have prepared a simple, easy-to-understand explanation of Rio Grande's extraordinary cracking process. This explanation is interestingly illustrated and is convincing proof that Rio Grande really does give you greater value for your money when you buy cracked Japanese. For the first time, the true secret of Rio Grande's cracking, greater power, and speed is revealed. And you can read all about it in the latest issue of the Calling All Cars News. It's a special double-sized edition this month, full of true detective stories, latest movie and radio news, and it illustrates a lot of new free gifts for boys and girls. Get your free copy of this fascinating publication today, wherever real gun big cracked gasoline is sold. You'll learn the real reason why this extra-value gasoline powers more police and emergency cars than any other brand. Once again, it is our pleasure to present Chief James E. Davis of the Los Angeles Police Department. Good evening, friends. We have heard much criticism concerning our ridiculous parole system. It cannot be denied that many major crimes have been committed by beneficiaries of this system who fail to show a sense of decency and gratitude which obligates these transgressors to recognize society's effort to reform rather than punish. A parole system is one thing. The slipshod manner in which it is administered is another. As the head of the largest law enforcement agency in the state of California, I recognize the fact that rehabilitation is as much a part of our criminal problem as punishment. But I cannot condone a system which falls so far short of its high idealism as does our California parole system. Executive leniency and official indifference more often neglect let loose upon our law-abiding citizens, degenerates, and criminals far better off behind the bars. 
Tonight's story reveals a typical and appalling aftermath of parole. We have selected it at random. The police records of this state and every state of this union are filled with just such stories as the one to which you are about to listen. Between the years 1921 and 1932, the June bug was arrested 22 times. The parole board let him loose although he was a known burglar and potential killer. Then he learned that a weak and apologetic parole system would always let him out. His killer instinct came to the surface and in his viciousness vowed that no jail could hold him. But how appallingly true was that criminal's conclusion. He knew that under our indeterminate sentence law, that men selected, not merely because of any particular fitness for handling crime and criminals, but mainly to award political services, would sit in final judgment. He knew that after all the court's delays, if he could outsmart the coppers, he would have 99 chances out of 100 to beat a rap in the big house. The story of the June bug is its own indictment of the California parole system. Jefferson City, Missouri, August 12, 1924. For the time of robbery in the first degree, I sentence you, Willie Jones, alias Julius Jones, to the term of five years in the state penitentiary. Los Angeles, July 21st, 1928. And so, Willie Jones, Elliot Julius Green, it is the decision of this court that you serve the maximum sentence as prescribed by law for the crime of robbery in the second degree. Not less than one, no more than 15 years in the prison penitentiary. March 24th, 1932. Willie Jones, Elliot Willie Jones. You are aware of the terms of this parole. It is now entirely up to you whether you stay on the outside or come back to post. I'll only the be broken in Six months later in downtown Los Angeles. Yes, you come now. The wound is in shock, then follow me. Now, there's a break. Look at that. That's the cause. Got to stop with that signal. Come on. Captain McKayla, the time for the case, Detectives George Gibson and R.M. Jack. 
who proceeds to the scene of the shooting, interrogates the only witness to the crime, and then returns to the court. Well, boys, what did you say? Well, not too much, I'm afraid. The fellow who saw the shooting was on the streetcar at the time, and all he was able to tell us was that the bandit was a Negro. Apparently, he got scared or something and stopped the conductor before he knew what he was doing. Is there any description other than the color of others? Yeah, he wore a gray cap and was fairly young. That's about all. Well, I figured what you'd better do. You and Jack go down in the central avenue district and browse around. See what you can pick up. This is a local boy. You might be able to get some dope on his identity. Wait a minute. Let me see what this is. Robbie the field, Hello, Captain. This is Stewart again. That conductor who was shot just died over at the receiving hospital. What? Yeah, never recovered consciousness. I, I thought you'd want to know. Yeah, I do. Thank you. Well, boys, our love this week is turned into murder. Car conductor is immediately sent over the statewide telephone with a request to arrest and hold for murder. Meanwhile, Detectives Gibson and Jack mingle with the crowd in Los Angeles, Harlem District. Each area is open for any hint which might lead to the identity of the killer. It is a little past one o'clock in the morning, three days after the shooting in one of the small, smoke-filled nightclubs on Central Avenue. I used to think I'd like this nightlife, Jack, but after three days of this, I'm beginning to think I was wrong. You and me both wouldn't be so bad if we could freeze. Yeah, I'm getting to feel I've forgotten what place here is. Yeah. Yeah. Like. <laughs> I thought he was calling you for a minute. So did I. But maybe we'd find friends. Keep your ears open, George. Probably nothing to it, but this boy seems to be in a talkative mood. Can't tell what we might hear. And probably hear plenty, but not along the lines we want. Well, it's a bit of entertainment anyway, and that's something. That's plenty. I could stand a laugh or two at this point. Oh, yes, yes, yes. How long would you like to have a diamond ring as big as the end of your thumb to wear a little bit? Yes, yes, going to the diamond ring. Never mind about that. That makes no difference. Well, what would you like to have me wear? I'm going to get these things. I'm asking you to do as you want it. No, I don't. But I don't think you can do it for me. You want it. Well, let me tell you something, girl. And don't you, you don't know right yet. I'm going to have more cash than you can say to stick that buddy to Then what are you going to think? Yeah, you forget to get a dream about selling Egypt, because you're sure you're mad at you. Well, you don't mean that will of gold, are you? Uh-huh. Well, I don't think you're going to bother me no more. Well, you got yourself in a lot of trouble. <laughs> Did you talk back now? Yeah, come on, let's get out of here. I have a hunch our man's name is Willie Jones, better known as the June Bug. Acting upon this lucky clue, the two detectives set the headquarters and find that there is a Willie Jones with a past record living in Los Angeles. Months go by. Months. 
in which the police unceasingly search for Willie Jones, but the June bug seems to have disappeared from the face of the earth. It is November of the same year. In a courtroom in El Centro, a group of prisoners are standing before the local judge to have the date set for their trial. Dial Sutton, 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 Hey, you see, son, you might as well switch forth in because this is where you're going to be for quite a few weeks. That, that's what you did. I'm not going to say you are for something I didn't do, no, sir. Well, it's all right for me. Only I wouldn't try eating those bars. They're pretty tough food, even for a hard guy like you. Well, <laughs> going to elaborate me. I'll go on. So funny, I'm going to have to tell you about it. You should have seen his face. Boy, he was so mad, he looked like he was doing the fuss. No, I don't think I'd go to him if I was you, Ben. He looks like a pretty mean customer. I hate to meet him in a dark if you ever get caught of him. He ain't going to get out of here. Unless he eats his way out. Busted out of a cell. Yes, sir. I don't see how he ever done it. How long ago was this? Couldn't have been very long ago, not more than an hour or so. Because I was about by there about an hour and a half ago, and he was there then. I don't see how he ever done it. Well, how is it? It doesn't make difference right now. You've got to bring him back. They need a bill of right away. I was talking to a sergeant this morning, Chief, and he was saying... Hello, sir. This is the police sergeant. Just left the prisoner. Busted out of his cell somewhere. Here's a description of him. Negro, 37 years old, 150 pounds, so stuck like that. Immediately, all available sheriff's cars and local police cars are set out to scour the city for the missing Jack Boswell. And two hours later, the Imperial County Immigration Office run across him hiding in a field, just outside the city limits. Once more, large in jail, he is placed on the constant guard, never out of sight of his jailer. And a few days later, from police police, it is discovered that Jack Boswell and the long-looking Willie Jones are one and the same man. Los Angeles police officers bring the suspect back from El Centro to face trial for the murder of Elroy Armstrong, the streetcar conductor. And one afternoon, two months after he returned to Los Angeles, Willie Jones, alias Jack Boswell, alias Julius Jones, is returned to his old habitat wholesome penitentiary. There he boasts continually that he won't be in jail long. That once he gets back to Los Angeles, his friends will take care of everything. But the days go by and the June bug remains in his cell. Early one moment, both for the next. And one day in late November, he is called to the warden's office. Jones, my men tell me you're a pretty tough customer, is that right? I don't know what you're talking about, warden. I ain't never done nothing. I don't know if I should exactly say that after looking at your past record, John. I didn't do all them things that accused me of. That's something we'll know more about later. 
There'll be a terror from Los Angeles up here next week. Coming up to take you back there for trial. Got you eight, Warden? That's right, Jones. I thought maybe you'd rather talk to me before you left. Might be able to help you a little. I ain't got nothing to talk about. Captain, I want to get right over here. I got to see you about you. What I do when I do get over here, I'll see you now. And there's nothing you'd like to say to me before you leave? No. All right, Jones. Be notified when it's time to go. You can go back to the cell now. Yeah. And this time I won't be back. Goodbye, Warden. Oh, you ain't gonna keep me right here in this school house of bundles, is it? No, sir. I ain't got no craving to spend the rest of my days in no two by four school cell. It's a lot of schoolies, that's what I say, you know, sir. What's this, Lewis, little fast, Jersey? You got things on your mind? That's none of your business, white boy. I don't have to tell you my plans, do I? Well, you've got a case of buttons up, huh, Jersey? You better stop mumbling to yourself or they'll put you away in a nice stand of town where you can cut your fingers out there. Listen here, white boy. I don't want to listen to your talk all the time. You ain't careful, I'm going to smack you once. Same thing! Josie here is just to be a regular tough guy. This is going to wipe up the whole lot of it if you thank your mother is fat. What do you think he's doing? I'll see your muscles, buddy. We're going to have this year's square and share that Well, 
road as well. satisfaction as the train pulled slowly out of the station, bearing his sleeping guardian. About an hour later, as the long passenger train pulls into another outlying station, Deputy Denison awakes and discovers that he has lost his charge. Dancing into the small safe and house he phones his superior in Los Angeles and asks for assistance, offering a hundred dollars reward to the person who returns Jones to his custody. Constable Truman W. Hamilton of Woodford Township is notified to be on the lookout for the fugitive Negro as our police up and down the main line between Los Angeles and Rochester. Driving his red Ford coupe, Constable Hamilton drives to the Woodford Station, parks and starts an investigation of his own. But as he rounds a large tank car, Suddenly finds himself staring into the business end of a pearl handled automatic, firmly gripped by a huge Negro. Put him up. What? You have one. Put him up, I say. No one's no time to do it either. All right, sir. That's better. You all don't mind if I take your gun, do you? I might need it. What are you going to do? You and me is going for a little ride in your car. You is going to do the driving. As far as I was looking for you, they see us, they'll kill both of us before they know who I am. So tough luck for you, boy. Oh, they ain't going to kill me. Come on now, get in the car. Yeah. Now, I'll just get me around on the other side and we'll be on our way. Come on now, get this thing moving. Uh, listen, if I let you take the car, won't you leave me here? I've got my life to think of. Giving you all those shit up your mouth, you'll have no life to think about. Come on now, get this thing moving. All right. Where do you want to go to? Drive out to the main highway and get south towards Los Angeles. Okay. 
suppose you know that you can't get away with it. You drive that car. I'll take care of the rest. Uh, this highway will be full of police cars in a few minutes. And uh, when they see you, they won't dare shoot. You was my protector. Uh, I wish I could believe that. Meanwhile, Deputy Sheriff Jeb Stewart of the New Hall substation and his partner, Deputy Sheriff Carter, notified of the escape, are cruising the highway between New Hall and Falcon, eagerly scanning every passing car, hoping they will stop the red Ford Coupe, yet hearing the words because of Constable Hamilton. When suddenly... Looks like something will last night over the other side of that line. Yeah. We'll see what it is when it's up the hill. Yes. Look. It's an old Ford, all right. Turn off the light. Quick. This is it. Let him pass. So we can turn around and get him from behind. Yeah. The fellow's pants up there is missing Hamilton. That's it. Hamilton's driver. That's the funny part. You said it. All right. I'll turn around and follow him. Maybe we could keep the tires away. That would stop him. Yeah. What do you suppose that guy would do to Hamilton if we did that? Right. I think it's slowing down. What's up? I don't know. Hold it. Isn't that funny? The board stuff. Look. One of them is looking out that back window. I can't see whether it's Hamilton or the other one. He's going to shoot it out with us. Keep going low. I'm going to take a chance to through that back glass. We only have a few cartridges left. Maybe we can get him to waste them. If he doesn't hit one of us first. The door's open. It's Hamilton. Now we can blast the back out of that forward. Yeah, there is luck. Yeah. Come on. We're going to close in on him. Look. Hamilton's been hit too. He's lying over there in the road. Yeah, come on. Hamilton, are you badly hit? In my back. I can't tell how badly. Did you get that guy? Yeah. You won't have to worry about him anymore. He caught a forty-five slug smack through the head. Come on, Charlie. Give me a boost of Hamilton into our car. We've got to get him to the hospital. Now, what about that nigger? You stay over with him. I'll send the boys back to the wagon to pick up the body. Rushing the wounded constable Hamilton back to the New Hall Receiving Hospital, Stewart notifies the substation and asks them to go at once to the deserted spot in Mint Canyon to pick up Deputy Carter and the body of Jones, the June dog. This done, he returns to the operating room, hearing the work. How is he, Doc? Uh, we'll know in a minute. Let's get him on the table. Already, Doctor. Okay. Uh, let's see. How's uh, about it, Doctor? This is bad. Hamilton, you're not just about the luckiest constable I know, sir. Oh, what do you mean, Doc? Simply this. You see this leaden pellet I have in my hand? Yeah, a bullet. Yeah. The one that has your name on it. Only this particular slug stopped on its way and hit something else first. You mean it's not a bad wound? I mean that it's not even big enough to be called a wound. I picked this bullet out of your pouch with my fingers. <laughs> Left the bend of his pouch about an eighth of an inch deep. He'd be fit as a fiddle just as soon as he recovers from the shock of being hit. Doc, I've never had an awful lot of love for you bone snatchers, but right now, if you could cook, I'd marry you. So 
begins the story of the June Bug, the principal character, a paroled yet hardened criminal, lay dead in the morgue with a 45 caliber police bullet in his brain. But what of the police officers whose life he vowed to take before he would go back to the big house? What of the parole system which made it possible for this potential killer, gun in hand, his brain distorted, and in its madness conspiring to get even with society. Only an informed and outraged public can answer that question and revise the laws which fall so far short of their altruistic objectives. Thank you, Chief David. The Los Angeles Police Department realizes that six seconds count when criminals must be kept. Hundreds of radio cars patrol the city day and night, ready to dash to the scene of a crime. As these cars cruise slowly about, hour after hour, they require an economical gasoline. Then, when the alarm sounds, they require an emergency gasoline that they leap to top speed and go roaring to the rescue. Leo Grande Cracked Gasoline has met these requirements more efficiently than any other gasoline. And that's why it's specified exclusively for the police and emergency cars of Los Angeles, Oakland, Berkeley, Maricopa County, Arizona, and many other cities and counties. You'll find the secret of Rio Grande's success revealed for the first time in the new double-sized edition of the Calling All Cars News. Get your free copy of this interesting publication wherever Rio Grande cracks gasoline is sold. If you have boys or girls in your family, ask the Rio Grande attendant about the many new free gifts the G-Man and G-Detective outfit. But the biggest bargain of all at but the biggest bargain of all at Rio Grande stations is Sinclair Motor Oil. The Motor Oil and all the harmful petroleum got removed. A whole sport of concentrated, pure, guaranteed lubrication for only 25 cents and 30 cents in sealed cans. Calling all cars, no, cars, cancellation broadcast 116. Suspectionist case shot down in Men's Canyon. That's all. Close it. Frederick Lindsley, bidding you good night for the Rio Grande Oil Company. Bargain of all of you, but the biggest 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 bargain of all of you. Copyrighted program created by the Rio Grande Oil Company. Can you tell police calling all cars, attention all cars? Be on the lookout for a gang of housebreakers known to be operating in San Rafael. Further details to follow.
tonight's true crime story is located in the San Francisco Bay area of Northern California. An area where the police are enthusiastic users of real grandly cracked gasoline. All the police and emergency cars of Oakland and the neighboring city of Berkeley use nothing but real grandly cracked gasoline. In Southern California, the largest law enforcement body in the West, the Los Angeles Police Department, used nothing but Rio Grande cracked gasoline. In Arizona, the largest county in the state is Maricopa, and every car operated by the county sheriff's office uses Rio Grande cracked gasoline. In fact, wherever calling all cars is heard, more police and emergency cars use Rio Grande cracked than any other brand. And all these thousands of emergency cars use exactly the same gasoline you get from your neighborhood Rio Grande dealer. At the same price you pay for ordinary gasoline, you can enjoy the extra pleasure of police car performance. Now it is our pleasure to present Chief.